Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're learning Mishnah Shabbos, Perik Aleph, Mishnah Dalit, and Mishnah Hey. Mishnah Dalit, a little background is as follows. Two things that you have to know. One is there was a man by the name of Chaninya Ben Chizkiya, Ben Gurion. Who was he? So the Gemara in Chagiga tells us that there are certain parts of, of Sefer Yechesko, of Yechesko, which were very esoteric, and people were misreading them, reading them wrong. And because they were cons- the Chazal, our sages were concerned the way in which that people were interpreting it, again, because they are so esoteric and they're reading it in a way in which it contradicted the Torah, they therefore actually hid the book of Yechesko. They hid it and said people should not read it. Until this Hananiah ben Chidkia ben Gurion took the book of Yechesko, it says, with lots of lamps and oil, hid himself in an, a- in an attic, sequestered himself in an attic, and there he toiled for many years where he wrote a commentary on Yechesko, which resol- resolved all the contradictions, all the esoteric parts, made everything clear, and then the book of Yechesko was once again reintroduced into the curriculum of the, of the everyday Jew. Well, while he was sequestered, secluded in the attic, he wasn't there alone, but he, he entertained visitors. And our mission is now going to tell us that there was a time where he was entertaining different visitors who came to talk to him. And it turned out when they were up there that there were more students from, of Beis Shammai than Beis Hillel. Now, one of the greatest perennial debates in our history are, is the house of Shammai and the house of Hillel constantly, constantly arguing. And, and the Gemara tells us that it got to the point where they argued so much that they realized it ended up looking like there were two Torahs, the Torah of Shammai, the Torah of Hillel. So something had to be done. And the way the Gemara in Erevin describes it was a baskol, a voice emanated from heaven, a baskol, which, which they showed him, Tosva says, what is a baskol? It's kind of like an echo. And there was an echo emanated from heaven that said, although elu ve'elu divre elu kimchayim, the immortal words of these and those are both the words of the living God, However, we need to adjudicate somehow so that we don't have two Torahs, so we don't have two people doing two different practices, and therefore, although these and those are both the word of the living God, halacha kebeis hillel. So as Paskin, it was decided from, from on high, the halacha is like beis hillel. Now, if you're all scratching your heads wondering, one minute, don't we know how Torah, loba shemayim, the Torah is decided by man, not by God. So Tosus points out there, on the side, both there in Erevin, and as well as in Sachem, Tosus says, Yes, there was a voice emanating from heaven, but ultimately that's not why we decide like Beis Hillel. The reason we decide like Beis Hillel is because that there were, Beis Hillel was more, and we followed the majority. So ultimately it was the majority that won out, the majority of Beis Hillel that won out, and we follow the rule of Beis Hillel almost everywhere. That is, except for 18 places that we follow Beis Hillel, and some more, but there were 18 places, 18 gazeras that were decided in Beishamah's favor. Why these 18? What's he different about them? Why are they unique? So that's what our Mishnah is talking about. It happened to be that there was this one day where in the Aliyah, in the attic of Chania ben Chizkiah ben Gorion, whilst he was writing his commentary on Yechezkel, there was a knock on the door, a bunch of sages came in, and suddenly the sages realized, the sages of Shammai realized, hey, wait, although normally there are more Beis Hillel students here, today there are more Beishamah students here. We're more, and they quickly went ahead and they, and they passed 18 ordinances, and therefore, those 18, because it was passed by the majority of Beishamai, so they won out over Beis Hillel, and therefore the halacha is like Beishamai. Now, that too sounds a little like a game. Shechter likes to point out, that also sounds like a game. What, how is this like? Anytime you have more Beishamai than Beis Hillel, even though Beis Hillel is more, 
but since we've, we found we orchestrated such a scenario where now Bishamit for a minute has more, suddenly he, he wins? So how come you can't always do this? You can always have get funny games going on where you get gather a bunch of people, you keep out you keep out those you don't want, and now suddenly the majority wins? You go, this sounds like a joke. So he, Rav Shechter points out that it's not as simple as this Mishnah presents it. Although the Mishnah presents it that one day in the attic, Bishamay was more, and therefore passed these 18 ordinances, says Rav Shechter. Elsewhere we point out, the Gemara points out, that at, subsequent to the story, when the rest of the House of Hillel heard what happened, they then agreed and ratified these 18 Gezeras. Meaning to say that they had, a, they had the ability to veto it, to say, yes, you may have been more for that five minutes, but ultimately we are, in, we are more, we are in the majority. But when they heard it, they ratified it, they were okay with it, and therefore that's the way in which we pask it. So, after that very long introduction, these are the two of these uh, we just, halachas we just mentioned were among the 18 halachas that we passed in like Beishamai over Beishilo. And there were 18 things which are going to come up later in Mesech Shabbos that were decided in that day. And just FYI for your information, most of those 18 deals with the intricacies of Tumat Tahara ritual impurity. Says the Mishnah, Mishnah, hey. Beishamai Omrim. Says Beishamai, Ein Shorin Dio Misamonim Vik Harishinim Elek the Yishishurim Odiom Esilo Matirim. Says Beishamai that although not only is a person forbidden from doing work on Shabbos, not only is a person forbidden from making, letting his animals do Malacha, do work on Shabbos, but Beishamai learned there's also a concept called Shvisas Kalim, that one's vessels, one's utensils, one's things, one's machinery can't do malacha on Shabbos as well, can't do work on Shabbos as well. Therefore, says Beishamai, a person cannot soak their ingredients in, um, in dye on Shabbos, or dyes, or, or soak the ingredients of, of ink, excuse me, on Shabbos, allowing them to congeal, or dye in a bowl on Shabbos. Why? Because what, what does that do? That basically makes it that they co- it comes one gloopy mess, which is akin to kneading. So one cannot do that on Shabbos unless they do it on Erev Shabbos with enough time that the, the bulk of the of the congealing happens before nightfall. Meaning to say, Beishamai is saying it's a problem of allowing your kalim, your utensils, to do work on Shabbos. In this case, your dio, your dye, from being neat, from kneading on Shabbos. Always oh, Silmatir Mesil was not concerned with this. And in fact, this becomes a big debate. Can you... Uh, Use timers on Shabbos. Can you start your laundry before Shabbos and let it go into Shabbos? So this is a big debate, which we're not going to get into now. I wish you all a wonderful day.